Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. You're good. It, it's, it's getting in. It's getting in. I, I just don't want it in my face. I'm going to have to change it. There's cards and a pen on that chair. The theme of this weekend is a design for a living. And the topic of this, uh, this panel is a design for living with your spouse. Welcome to this session. My name is Art and I'm a sexaholic. I'll be facilitating this session and I'll be one of the panelists. And my partner here is Gene, who will introduce himself. Each of us will share our recovery on this topic. Then we will take time to answer questions. Questions will be taken from the Ask It basket. There is no Ask It basket. Uh, we, we just got some, yeah, the imaginary Ask It basket. So we've got a bunch of cards and ballpoint pens. So just slip up there while we're talking and pick up one. And uh, when you get a question in your mind, write it down, please. In the spirit of the fifth tradition to carry the message, this is a recorded session. The recording equipment will not be turned off during the session. We ask that you please silence all cell phones. I'm going to set a good example by silencing my cell phone. Let's have a moment of quiet for meditation and then the serenity prayer, please. The serenity prayer, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. It will not mine be done. I'm very grateful to be here with you this morning. Uh, I feel safe with you, and I feel uh, lifted up and supported, and thank you. I'm going to lead off talking about marriage and to qualify myself that I know something that I'm, what I'm talking about. I can tell you that I uh, failed abysmally in my first marriage, and uh, it, was, uh, it was a knockdown, drag-out fight for 10 years. Uh, and then I got married a second time too soon after my divorce 
within uh, two or two and a half years, my second wife uh, asked for separation. So that's the kind of expert I am on how to get along with my spouse. I have to talk about my character defects and about my, my isolation. Uh, my acting out is a particularly severe form of acting out, which my sponsor has told me not to identify in groups because he says it's too dangerous. So I'll let you fill in the blank. Uh, I felt from very early adolescence that I was the only person in the world with that affliction. And I had to protect myself. And so I built a wall around myself. And the wall was, had a twofold purpose. One was to keep me in, to keep it from going out and harming others. And the other was to protect my secret. So uh, I had, a, from, from early adolescence, I had a lifelong habit of isolation. Uh, I got married in my late 20s the first time. Uh, although I wanted to get married sooner than that, I was desperate to get married because I thought it would make me normal. And uh, I uh, unfortunately could not relate to women very well. Uh, and, and many women, if I dated them, if we got a little bit close, if they were healthy, uh, they would sense something and they would move away from me. Uh, and the ones who didn't sense something wrong with me, uh, I think unconsciously I must have thought, there must be something wrong with them if they don't realize there's something wrong with me. <laughs> so it was hard for me to get married. Uh, and I was desperate to get married. It was going to make me normal. I was going to have a woman to have sex with and make me normal. Uh, that was my belief. So uh, finally, in my late 20s, I convinced a woman to marry me. She didn't think she was ready, but I wore her down, and, uh, and we got married. And she was right. She wasn't ready, and I was a long way from being ready. Uh, and, and that was made for a very rough marriage. I won't go into detail on that, but uh, you just have to take my word for it. It qualifies me to talk about marriage. So... Uh, In my, I, I got married too soon for the second time, and uh, there are many reasons why that this second marriage should not work. Uh, but specifically, as I said, about two and a half years after we got married, my uh, my second wife said to me uh, that she thought that uh, separation would be a good idea, uh, and I'll just digress from that. <clears throat> to tell a story about me and my sponsor, uh, we were at a we were at a uh, motel uh, because we were visiting with my parents out of state, and we, we two of the children were uh, were young enough to be with us still, uh, and 
after we got the children to bed, uh, my, my wife said to me, uh, I, I think we ought to try separation. And uh, I blew up, which surprised her. She was used to me acting stoical. Uh, she was used to me uh, acting reasonable. I, I wasn't reasonable, but I acted reasonable all the time. And uh, she didn't expect me to blow up. And I told her to go to hell. I said, you can go to hell. Specifically, I remember saying that. And I did the right thing. I got my clothes back on. And because uh, we were ready for bed, I got my clothes back on and went out to find a phone booth. Remember phone booths. <laughs> and I, I called my sponsor. And I said, she wants a separation. Uh, you know, this is terrible. I told her to go to hell. Uh, she wants a separation. He didn't comment at all on it. He said, go back to your room, kiss her, tell her you love her, and go to bed. That's all he said. And I did what he said. And uh, we didn't separate. So it came that close. Uh, now, I was not a good candidate for marriage from the beginning, as you can tell. I, I was locked up, closed up. I couldn't talk about my feelings. And especially with women, I couldn't talk about my feelings. And the more important the woman was, the more I couldn't talk about my feelings. So uh, I was not really sharing my feelings with my wife. And uh, I was a rigid, doctrinaire, rationalizing husband and father. So that should qualify me for something. Uh, and I want to go over to the solution now. Uh, and I'm going to break a rule. I'm going to talk about a program outside of the 12-step programs uh, because I have to, to tell my story. Uh, when we were engaged, my, my second wife and I, when we were engaged, we went to an engaged encounter and uh, many of the churches sponsor uh, engaged encounters and marriage encounters. It's for a couple to get together and learn to communicate better. And uh, then after we got married, we went to the same, we went to a marriage encounter uh, for people who were married. And one, they taught us a technique for writing letters to each other. I'm just going to outline it. Excuse me. You take a question, uh, and the question might be, uh, how do I feel about, and it's always how do I feel about, how do I feel about Johnny uh, acting out at dinner tonight? It could be something that specific and that simple. Uh, uh, you know, more more to the point for me, she might 
ask for us to write the question about how do I feel about communication of emotions between us. And uh, the two, uh, you, you sit next to each other, each one has a notebook, and you write, how do I feel? And there are some other aspects, and I, I don't want to go into detail because, as I say, I'm breaking the rule. It's not 12-step it's not stuff. But uh, we did that for years, and that was part of what helped me to communicate feelings with my wife. Uh, now, I, I had a hard time even speaking to her, looking her in the eye, and telling her how I felt about something. Uh, in the early days, uh, I used to get up at 5.30 in the morning and I would call a guy in Florida. And uh, his main qualification was that he got up early. And, and I re would report very briefly to him what my feelings were. And usually it was fear. I'd wake up with fear in the morning. Uh, and I would report very briefly my feelings. And it was a one-way thing. He never asked me to listen to, to him. He would say, okay, Art, thanks very much. And would hang up. We had to keep the call short because that was before deregulation of telephone rates. And uh, uh, my wife used to get angry at me for the, the big phone bills I'd run up. So it had to be a short call. Uh, but that's an illustration that I couldn't talk directly to my wife about the things I needed to. Uh, I would use the members of my group, and that really helped. If I wanted to throttle one of my children and slam them up against the wall, and I had those feelings, uh, I would call a member of my group and say, I want to throttle him or her and slam them up against the wall. And that would diffuse it for me. I couldn't tell my wife that. That's too scary. Uh, so I would use my group for monitoring and support. Uh, one of the good things I did before we got married was I introduced her to the 12-step programs. At that time, when, when we were courting, I was going to four or five meetings a week. Uh, they were either open AA meetings, most of them were open AA meetings, or they were Al-Anon meetings, because I qualify as an Al-Anon. Uh, and she said to me, uh, I don't like not seeing you. Uh, you're going to too many meetings, and you're not spending enough time with me. So I said, this was genius, I, I said, I'll make you a deal. Uh, if you'll go to one meeting a week with me, I'll drop a meeting. And so I took her to an Al-Anon meeting. <clears throat> and she goes to Al-Anon to this day. And the 12-step meetings have helped us to get along. Uh, so that was, uh, that was something that helped. And I began to be able to speak to her. Uh, another thing that I did, I'm going to take credit for, is... Uh, when we, and I, I had had two children in my first marriage, and then she and I had another two children. And uh, when these children, the second pair of children, were very young, she was going crazy as a 
as a young mother often will do, uh, with the responsibility of the childcare. And I was working full time. And uh, so I don't know where I got the idea or where I got the courage, but I said to her, we're going to have a Saturday night date every week, just the two of us, and I will arrange the babysitting. So that was courageous of me. I had to keep calling teenage girls <laughs> to arrange babysitting, pick them up, take them home, and, uh, and I never, never tried anything with them. Uh, so uh, we still go on Saturday night dates. Uh, if we don't go out Saturday night, we go out Friday night. But we still have a weekly date, and we don't have any children at home, far from it. Uh, and our children, our, our four grown children, two of them have weekly dates with their spouses, and I'm sure it's because of the example of Rose and me. Uh, I had, of course, rituals when I, uh, when I was acting out. Well, we have rituals in our marriage. And I, I didn't uh, realize it in, in, exactly in those terms until a while ago when I was looking at our marriage. But we have rituals. Uh, one of the rituals we had was uh, when things quieted down in the house in the evening, we would take a walk. It was about a, a two-mile walk, and we'd walk pretty fast. So uh, yeah, it didn't take us too long. But whenever it was safe to leave the children, when we had one of the older children in the house, uh, we would take a walk. And one of the main functions of that walk for me was to decompress from dealing with young children. Uh, it's, it was a great strain for me to deal with young children. And so we would go out on a walk and I would start to talk about my anger with the children. And... Uh, and by the time we got finished with the walk, I was ready to be a loving father. But uh, that was one of the things that we did. So that might seem like a simple thing, but it was very important. Rituals. In the morning, uh, when I get up, I go to where my wife is. Now, often I get up before she does, but after she gets up, I go to where my wife is, and I take her hand, and I... Tell her what my feelings are, because I can do that now. I tell her what my feelings are. I don't go into a lot of detail. We don't analyze any feelings or anything like that, but I tell her what my feelings are very briefly, and I end up with a little prayer. And I say amen, and I squeeze her hand, and then she tells me uh, what her feelings are. And, uh, and she ends with a prayer, and she squeezes my hand, and that's the end of that ritual. Uh, now I realize that I'm t saying that, that the man goes first and the woman goes second, and I realize that's uh, patriarchal. That's, uh, that's the way we do it, and uh, I ain't perfect. Uh, whenever one of us is leaving the house to go to the gym or go to a meeting, uh, he or she goes to the other and gives him a kiss goodbye. That's a ritual. And uh, we tell each other we love each other. 
And then uh, when one of us comes home, when I come home, uh, I call out, Hi, Rose. It's part of my ritual. And uh, she, she responds so I know where she is in the house. And I go and give her a kiss. Uh, now, I'm grateful to have someone to come home to. Uh, and I'm going to break another rule and bring in some outside information. Uh, I was at a, a weekend retreat in Ireland in uh, 2010. Uh, my wife and I lived in Ireland for two years. And uh, I was at a weekend retreat, an essay retreat, and one of the speakers said that he had seen some research that married couples who, uh, who depart from each other with a, with a goodbye and, and, uh, and reunite with a hello and who kiss each other, uh, that those couples have longer-lived marriages. Their marriages last a longer time. Uh, and he said that, of course, we were in Europe. He said uh, that that couples in North America are more inclined to do that than couples in Europe. So I just throw that in. Uh, I usually go to bed before my wife. I, I go to bed about ten o'clock at night, and I I go to wherever she is. And I give her a kiss good night. That's a ritual. I'm very being very specific, but this is. This is how we live life, I think. Uh, one of our rituals, when we travel, first thing we find out where we can get coffee. Uh, I won't name any brand names, but uh, we get, uh, I always get a latte, and uh, she usually gets a latte, sometimes she gets a regular coffee or a tea. But we get we get a coffee and we start our trip, and that's that's a ritual, and and for me that's a sense of communion with my wife, sharing that coffee, sitting in the cabin of the car. We have some of our best talks when we're traveling, and drinking coffee. Uh, when one of us, I, I take almost every day. I take about a twenty minute nap sitting in my recliner and uh, and she will ask me if, if I want her to wake me with tea and I'll usually say yes and so she'll bring me a cup of tea and when she makes when she has a, la- a nap I bring her a cup of tea I'm being very specific but this is part of the structure of our marriage uh, we both are aware I'm squaring my shoulders as I say this that we, we kind of tend to hunch our backs, you know. Uh, that, that's bad posture. So when one of us is going past the other, if she's at the computer, if she's at the computer, sometimes she hunches her shoulder. I'll go up to her and I'll start to rub her shoulders. And she does the same to me, or we'll remind each other, straighten up. That's part of our ritual. Uh... I don't know how long I've talked. You know how long I've talked, Gene? Probably about 20 minutes. Uh, so I think I'll quit right now. Thank you.
I'm Gene. I'm a sexaholic. Thank you. Uh, I'm kind of curious as to who all's in here. How many of us in here are married? Okay. How many of you are not married and want to be married? Nobody. Nobody. Only one or two of us. Yeah. That gives me a better picture who we're talking to and what we're talking about. Um, I got sober when my family kicked me out of the house. I found SA in uh, 2008, December 30th. And uh, only by the grace of God and the fellowship of this organization, of our fellowship, that I haven't found it necessary to act out with myself or have sex with anyone other than my spouse uh, since I got in here. Uh, I didn't think I could do it. I hadn't been successful at doing anything like that. and uh, But that's the way it's been. And I'm very grateful for it today. And uh, thank you, Art. I could relate to a lot of your story and, and your rituals and some of your history of uh, having some uh, structured help with my marriage and relationship uh, through the years. And, uh, Connie and I got married in 1969, and so this past June, uh, we celebrated 50 years of marriage. You just give an applause for God there, because I didn't do it. We had what I call it uh, 39 years, she was my hostage <laughs> until I got into this program and started becoming a little more decent human being. And uh, it's because of this program. Um, some parts of our marriage was restructured. We got some marriage uh, uh, assistance early and we're using the practices of sharing feelings and those kind of things. But, you know, when I was uh, inebriated with sex and other chemicals stuff, uh, that, that just was practically useless. And my behavior was horrible uh, with my wife. Um, certain parts of my acting out career I had gonorrhea a couple of times and I brought it home to her one time and uh, that's not nice I uh, tried to have sex with her sister one time that's not a good idea just crazy things like that that just uh she tried to leave me. She should have left me in all sanity and serenity. She should have left me many times. One time I pulled the distributor wires out of her car so she couldn't leave. <laughs> Lived out in the country. Because uh, she should have and could have uh, left many times. Uh, and... Uh, I'm not proud of any of that. That's just the facts of my craziness and insanity. We have many arguments. You, you probably, some of you know that ritual, that pattern of the same argument uh, over and over again. And uh, 
Today, I, I recognize that as it's, it was all on me. I, I would react the same way. I would be defensive, full of pride and, and selfishness in how I responded. And that didn't change. Uh, it's still a part of me. You know, I'm still tempted to do that today. But this, this program has helped me that way. Um, we were about, I was about two years sober in this program when we went to a workshop outside of this program, but it was about setting boundaries in a relationship. Well, they wanted about $500 to continue that, that program. And I said, well, I get the point. Uh, let me look this up and work out something myself. And I did, and uh, we uh, set out to uh, write down boundaries for ourselves. Uh, what do I like? What do I dislike? What does she like? What does she dislike? And put them on paper and talk about them. And uh, that was very helpful. It's still helpful. Uh, we signed that as a contract. Um, we went back and revisited that after six months and changed some of the wording or some of the points of there. We've gone back each year now and looked at that again. And uh, I found that some of the things that were hers now became mine. <laughs> and some of the things that were mine became hers. And uh, 50 years with a person. Actually, I've known her about 55 years. Uh, and... Uh, we genuinely love each other today like we never could have uh, before this program. As it's helped get myself out of the way, put God in his first and primary place in our marriage and in my life. And I've um, just been a different picture. And you can ask her. She'll tell you the same thing. Uh, I, I would say... Uh, our, our marriage is a, a whole new relationship uh, just except without all the history you know um, she does not want to know all the details of my acting out and uh, that's best and uh, she anything she asks though I'd be glad to share with her and I have been and I've done that um I wanted to talk a minute about sex with y'all. How many of you, you know, are, are you know, are interested in sex in your marriage? <laughs> I thought you might be. <laughs> it's important to me. I think it's important to many of us. And there are so many varieties of us and our experiences and our choices and our preferences and. Our, Gosh, all the physical problems, all the mental problems, all the emotional stuff, the spiritual stuff. It is, it's a very complicated subject. And uh, I'll just let you know, for us, uh, we're having the best sex we've ever had in our lives together. And uh, we both enjoy it. 
I spend, we spend more time with each other uh, preparing for sex. We spend more time in, in sharing our intimacy with each other. Um, that's, that wasn't true before we got here. And um, today, uh, we, uh, you know, we, we might have sex once a week, twice a week, once every two weeks. It, you know, it's uh, more mutually negotiable today than it ever was. Uh, she'll tell, say it like, you quit hounding me about it all the time. <laughs> You quit, you know, and, and that's exactly what I did for years. It was always my idea, my time, my preference, and uh, very, very little negotiation or consideration for her. And uh, that's uh, this. That's who I am, who I was, who I am. My selfishness has gotten a little better. My consideration of her. And her, what she's doing and her life and what's going on is just much more important today than it was. Um, uh, I'd like for us to talk about it uh, at least a couple of day or two, a couple of days ahead of time to, to plan a time when we can have sex together. That's, uh, you know what I find it does for me it helps me uh, with my program saying, you know, sex is indeed optional. Because just as sure as you plan it for Saturday, something comes up on Saturday or Thursday or whenever. And that's a real challenge and test for me to say, hmm, you know, I can wait. And, uh, and I can uh, in my mind and all that stuff, I get the jumble and stuff that went in there, and I get to talk to my sponsor about it. But you know, it's it's not bad. I can deal with that, uh, and that's life. That's that's the way it is. Um, and I find it for my wife, it's better for her too. She can plan it. You know, I I I, I don't know if all women are this way, but with my wife, uh, she has an anticipation cycle that helps her plan and strategize and get herself emotionally prepared to share herself. And uh, I, I appreciate that. I like that. She's when we're planning. I, I don't always have to be the one that asks or to plan on it to prepare for it. And uh, I like that. I tell her once in a while, look, I'm not going to be asking. I'll wait for you to mention it. And she will eventually, you know, next day or a few days or next week. Because uh, her schedule is very important, just like mine. And uh, that way, I, I understand, I see with her in her emotions and her spirit she can be completely, totally there, and I can too. Uh, it gives me time to work on my own uh, mental and emotional stuff. It's in my head about you know, lust or what's going on with me 
or what's going on with my uh, distractions or things going on in my schedule. And uh, I like that better. I like, I can be more completely there with her. I'm sure, uh, and as I've sponsored uh, a number of guys who are married, uh, I find that they come across some things that are very similar to what my wife and I have dealt with. Very similar kinds of problems. I, I, I find that I'm not so unique. Uh, I find that there's kind of classic stuff that come up as trouble. And so everybody's unique, everybody's special, everybody has some other particular things that are different that I may not have experienced, and that's okay. But uh, I find that I have a lot to share. I, I have a lot to be able to contribute to things that we've been through, things that we've had to face. And uh, that's, that, I feel good about that. I think I have something to give when I'm sober. As I'm sober, uh, I have something to give. Um, I know some of you are going to write some questions. We're going to take some questions here in a little bit. And uh, I, I, In preparing for this uh, time together today, I, I, I asked my wife, I said, what should I get up there and say? <laughs> she said, well, you ought to have me with you. If you're going to talk about you're going to talk about marriage. Why don't you have the spouses up here? And I know Ruth could really chime in on that too. And she said, "Well, tell them, compliment your wife often." Yeah, I heard that news from this guy sitting on the floor over here one time in one of his talks. He helped me that way with my marriage. He said, say those things that are on your heart to your wife. Don't leave them left unsaid. Those things you love about your wife, those things you really have in your heart about your, for your, with your relationship, say them to her often. I do that. I say things like, I'm not looking for anybody else. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I'm here for you. I'm not, uh, you know... I'm I'm not playing with myself. Nobody else is playing with me. I'm yours. You know, and I'm I'm very clear about that, and I say it often. And uh, now I don't know if everybody can do things like that, but I think it's very healthy. To, uh, I find that my wife is a very sensitive person. She cannot take criticism at all I'm sorry I tried it every which way <laughs> she just can't she doesn't load the dishwasher right she doesn't put the toilet paper roll on right I don't say a thing about it anymore <laughs> there's so many things I say every day I say you know, serenity prayer here, you know. That, that. And I do just best to keep my mouth shut. I, I still have the feelings and the thoughts, but I don't say them. She can't take it. Now, I, you know, I don't know where that's coming from. Probably her childhood and old stuff, you know. I, I don't care where it's coming from. Uh, 
It was like I told my son one day with his wife. I said, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? It's just a simple choice. You don't get both. I love being married to my wife. I'm, Art said, I'm a very fortunate man. I am too. I know I my wife is very active in her own recovery program. I brought her to Nashville. Uh, I, I, not, I'm not proud of this, but I was just six months sober. No, I was about a year sober. And uh, I told her, look, uh, I, I, I planned ahead of time. I bought us tickets. I, bought us, I got us registered. And I did all of that and got the hotel room set up. And... Uh, I thought, I said, oh, well, look, we're going to go on vacation in Nashville. I'm going to a convention. You can go to the spa or whatever you want to do, go shopping, go to the Grand Ole Opry or whatever you want to do, but I'll be at a convention there. She knew I was in the SA line. But, then, and, uh, but the Friday night meal, we walked in the, the room and uh, early, Got there, the first part of the doors open, and Kay and some other women were sitting at this table right in the front. And I went, zoom, I sat down right there. I wanted her to sit with some other women. She bonded with some women. And the next thing I knew, she said, I'm going to follow this 12-step plan here. The rest is history. She loves her recovery. She, she's helped me a lot because of her recovery. It's made a huge difference in our life, in our marriage, in every part of our life. Um, uh, she's active in service work like myself. I know uh, that that's a, a backbone of my sobriety. It keeps me sober. Uh, I wouldn't want to try to stay sober without it. And she, and she does too. She's just very good at it. She's a natural. I have to work at it. <laughs> but she is a very natural person that way. Um, one thing I wanted to say about our sex time together. I do prepare for it. I like time, having time to prepare for it. But mainly spiritually, I like to prepare I like to get my head, my guts, myself out of God's way and ask God to help me put her first. Ask God to be with us in our time, intimate time together. And uh, I might do that while I'm showering and cleaning up and shaving and you know getting cleaned up for time with her. But take that time of meditation and prayer to uh, help us out and uh, be a part of our relationship. Well, there's any important things I wanted to say today. Uh, I know y'all have questions. We could deal with some questions and uh, uh, probably you'll probably jog my memory by asking questions or something that we can mention and talk about. have some uh
There's some cards up here to write questions. Yes, yeah, we'd be glad to have some questions. Well, here, uh, the cards are over there. We're asking you to write the questions, please. Uh, while we're getting organized, it just occurred to me, maybe we could ask Essanon to put into their literature a chapter on loading the dishwasher. <laughs> I think, Gene, you and I are very male in our, our attitudes. Uh, I'm still limited. Thank you. Okay, questions. And here's a specific question. I'm glad I'm glad you asked this question. What did you do with the letters? Did you give them to her or not? Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't describe it in any more detail. So after we finished writing our letter, uh, then we trade notebooks. So so my no notebook has only my writing in it, and her notebook has only her writing in it. And we trade notebooks, and then I read what she wrote about the the question. Uh, and then, if you know, then then we talk about it. Uh, and uh, we did that for years. Thank you. We did that for years, and uh, recently we talked. We got this stack of notebooks, uh, and recently we talked about maybe sitting down and going through them. And I think we're both intimidated by how tall the stack is. Uh, but uh, it, it helped me to keep my marriage, and it helped her to keep her marriage. In marriage, sometimes I'm not sure if I feel lust or a healthy desire to connect with spouse. How can I know? What tips do you have for surrendering lust in marriage relationship? Uh, how can I know? That's a tough question. Uh, when my sponsees ask me that, I'll tell you, I'm, I, I just try to be pragmatic, uh, and I say, do the best you can. Uh, it, if you feel that, uh, that it's really turning into uh, pure lust, then ask your, ask your spouse for a break. And, uh, and pray about it, and maybe pray with her about it. But uh, you may never know completely that all lust is gone uh, in a particular uh, time of, of uh, sexual, uh, sexual commerce. And uh, so uh, I, I, we just have to do the best we can, I think. Uh, and uh, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, yeah I'm Gene Sexholly. That, that's a very good and very common question. I, 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 uh, I've had to deal with it personally in my relationship. What is lust with my wife is probably the most difficult thing I've had to deal with in recovery and continue to sort that out. And it kind of goes with another one of these questions here. 
I had periods of abstinence. And what did you learn about from those experiences? Uh, yes. Uh, started off with a period of abstinence because I was kicked out of the house. <laughs> and for about three months, there was you know, no contact like that um, or more. Uh, but uh, I, I read it and knew in our, from our literature that a period of abstinence was just rather standard. I listened to a lot of recordings and heard about that. And I agreed with it. I said, I'm in no shape to try to consider what is lust with my wife and what's not. And I don't think having sex with her is going to help. As a matter of fact, I probably really clutter my mind and my head about that. And uh, so even when we start, first started having sex, uh, I, I could tell it was bothering me. It was giving me a hard time with lusting with my wife. And so I asked her, and we mutually agreed upon having abstinence again. And actually, we've done that three times in the first couple of years of marriage. Because I knew, you know, within myself and what was going on with me was not healthy. And uh, so, um, but today I continue to keep a tabs on that. I, uh, I don't want any... Uh, euphoric recall or fantasy or memories or I don't want to carry any lust with me into that experience of having sex with my wife um, that for me I, a couple of times I've asked her I said look we got to stop can we stop you know because my head is not good in good shape and uh, she understands today if I ever do that that's what's going on and I don't try to push it or just ask for help. A good, very good question. And uh, I don't have all the answers. I'm not an expert with that. I'm just telling you what I do and what's been good for me. There are a bunch of good questions here. All right. yeah. I want to talk about abstinence. Uh, and uh, we heard about abstinence. Uh, my sponsor had practiced abstinence with his wife early in my time with him. And uh, so, uh, and, and she had heard about abstinence from Essanons. So uh, when I brought it up, she was, uh, she was open to the idea the first time. And I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll be specific. We decided on a particular way of going about abstinence, and that is we decided that we would not start abstinence unless we both agreed to it. And if we both agreed to it, then we would, we would begin abstinence, and we would not end abstinence unless we both agreed to it. Now, the first time we practiced abstinence was memorable. We said we would wait for her next period, and when her period started, we would start the, the, the period of abstinence. And that period of abstinence, that first period of abstinence, lasted one week. So we didn't set any, set any Olympic records. Uh, but uh, that worked for us very well. And uh, so we would have periods of abstinence. And we had a number. I, I couldn't count how many periods of abstinence we had. The longest one was a little short of four months. And we both felt that we, we were more spiritually connected as a result of those periods of abstinence. Uh, so... Uh, they were good for our marriage. Yeah, very good. Uh, 
This, this one's for you. This one's for me, he says. <laughs> well, they, they asked for you. To first speaker, yes. Can you give an example of the feelings you share with your wife in the mornings? Uh, yeah, and, and I don't, don't go into much detail. I don't talk about them much. I just will report them. So I'll say, I'm feeling some stress this morning. And you, sometimes I'll say what the stress is about. You know, I'm feeling some stress this morning because I've got to speak at 9.15. Uh, but usually I'll just say I'm feeling some stress this morning, feeling optimism. So I just, I just name the feelings. I don't, I don't get specific. Uh, both of us are not fully awake at that time. We're, we, we have a, uh, we're, we, we're lucky to be, have that in common. So, uh, uh, yeah, so, I, so, so those are the feelings that I, that I talk about. Now, if, if I have something that I want to talk about, then I, I bring it up, bring them up at other times. Someone asked, can you talk more about the, co- the contract or the boundaries contract that my wife and I have? Uh, what I chose to do was uh, make that into separate, uh, se- several sections. One was like a social boundaries, one was sexual boundaries, one was financial boundaries, one was family boundaries. It's kind of some major parts of our lives and relationship together and, and uh, put points in there with those. Uh, one thing I used to do is terrible uh, was well, I'd throw my wife under the bus with my when I was with my family. In other words, bring up uh, derogatory stuff about my wife when I got to, with my family. I don't know why I did that. It's crazy. But uh, I don't do that anymore. Uh, that's uh, there's many of those financial stuff, social stuff, uh, physical stuff that uh, are definitely boundaries, and it's good. It's good to have it written down. It's good to have it updated every so often and uh, check and see how you're doing with that. Anyway, that's the, I don't know if that answers the question, but that's part. That's how how we've done it. Yeah. Uh, how do you deal with fights? Uh, it's a miracle. We don't have them anymore. I'll tell you, we, we rarely, really get cross. Uh, and that's because of this program. But we, we used to hate to travel together. Now, we've traveled a lot. We spent a month in Europe doing workshops like this in different five different intergroups in, in Europe. Gosh, we, you know, we've been wise several times. All the conventions in the last six years. Uh, other, we, we we travel a lot, and we get along very well. Uh, we talk a lot. We talk and plan them and talk about them, and uh, we're flexible. Both are kind of pretty flexible. We know our, we know each other well. She likes to eat stuff off my plate, and I get to eat stuff off of her plate. And, uh, I know that she likes to drink and eat and all that stuff. You know, you
we have the same experience. We, we don't fight anymore. Now, we still have disagreements, and uh, as we were driving up here, there, there's a, a disagreement, a, a, a tension between my wife and me on a, an important decision that we have to make uh, within the next year or two. And, uh, and uh, I asked her what her thinking was on this issue, and her response was <clears throat> that she still wasn't ready to make a decision. So that's, that's done with for now. Uh, I cannot force a decision. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but, but we don't have any more fights. We've got one. You want to try that one? Do either of you have experience with your wife holding and using long-term resentments against you? What do you do about it? I have to give the same answer. Uh, I, I'm not aware of that going on at this point in our marriage. Uh, if she has a resentment, if she's unhappy with something I do, disappointed in something I've done, she'll tell me. And, uh, and my job is to, to listen and receive it. Uh, Jean talked about uh, not, not uh, when his wife reported things to him, not, just not saying anything. And uh, I have a, I have a, uh, a uh, what's, words escape me at, this, at my age. What's that word where you take the initials of something and make a word out of it? An acronym. I have an acronym. Kimsa. Keep your mouth shut, Art. <laughs> and I practice that with my wife and with my grown children. They're all grown. And I practice that with my children. Uh, my practice is not to give them advice unless they ask for it. Uh, so she'll tell me if she has a resentment or a disappointment. And as far as I know, she doesn't hold on to it. Before I got in this program, I, this was a chronic, ongoing problem of my wife uh, bringing up 30-year-old stuff, <laughs> and just like it was yesterday, and throwing it in my face and making me feel like dirt. And uh, she stopped doing it, and that's her SNI program. And she she really knows she she they have great literature they have great feedback and their their program is very well done and of course Al-Anon and Essanon really good stuff and if they get in there they're having a meeting every week or two two meetings a week and in there reading that stuff that they read every every meeting just like we do it, it, finally some of it will sink in. But uh, I, I know her anger is still there. She she doesn't forget anything. She <laughs> she knows all that stuff. Everything, every little thing I've done to hurt her, it's still there. And it's a, I've got the rest of my life to make amends with that. And I'm trying. That's all I can do. Thanks. Okay. Go ahead. 
How many do we have left? How how many? Okay. Uh, well, those are good. Well, we have a couple of good questions left, uh, and but but I think it's important for us to end on time. Uh, Closing. Okay, I see it. Uh, I'll tell you what I what I want to do. I'm just going to read these questions, uh, and uh, this gives give us all something to think about and, and possibly talk about after the meeting. Practically, what does intimacy look like during sex? And the other question, how might I hint my wife should go to an Essanon meeting? <laughs> it's nice to close with a laugh, isn't it? <laughs> go to an Essanon meeting when she refuses because she believes Essanon victimizes. Uh, that's, that's a really good question, but we do have to and so that uh, the other sessions can get going. So uh, that's something to think about and, and uh, possibly talk about. Uh, anything you heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. The principles of essay are found in our 12 steps and 12 traditions. So uh, let's close with the third step prayer and uh, let's, let's uh, just <coughs> stand where we are and Take, take hands if you like, or bump this, or... Uh... The third step prayer. God, I offer myself to Thee to build with me and do with me as Thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do Thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them, May bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. Thank you. Hey, it was great to you. I appreciated this time. Enjoyed that. Glad we got to know each other better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.